Sunday, December 4th, 2022, the second Sunday of Advent. Every year on the second Sunday of Advent, the liturgy offers us the preaching of John the Baptist. He prepared the people of Israel for the coming of the Messiah. So also today, he teaches us how to welcome the Advent of the Lord. Today, as then, the most difficult step to take is to understand the need to get out from where we are comfortable, leave the false religious and theological security that we have constructed, and welcome the newness of God's Word. Before we delve into the details of John's preaching, I would like to draw your attention to the metaphors that are used to refer to John the Baptist. He is called a voice crying out in the wilderness. Some translations say the voice of one crying out in the wilderness. This is less accurate though when compared with the original Greek. Why is someone referred to as a voice? The voice has a fleeting nature. Once something is pronounced, it vanishes. And in the wilderness, it vanishes without even an echo. In those days, we did not have voice recording systems. And this shows the purpose of John. He was there only to announce the coming of the Messiah and vanish from the scene. This is also the mission of every Christian. Like a voice, we need to announce the gospel message, announce the Messiah to the people, and then vanish from the scene. Going back to the mission of John the Baptist, not everyone responded well to his invitation. Not all were willing to undergo the radical change of heart. The Pharisees and Sadducees, for example, while intrigued by the preaching of John, found it hard to get on board. They did not trust him and preferred to keep their certainties. They thought they were already right with God since they were the children of Abraham. The reproach with which the Baptist addressed the Pharisees and Sadducees is severe. Brood of vipers! He compares them to snakes that inject their poison of death in those who inadvertently come too close to them. Then he moves on to the invective, the announcement of disasters that are about to hit them. They run the risk of being cut off like a tree that does not bear fruit, and of being burnt like chaff. We are faced with dramatic images that seem to refute the dream of Isaiah in the first reading. The tone is threatening, and it is not surprising on the lips of John the Baptist. The preachers of that time expressed themselves in that way. This is the language that often appears in the Bible. In the context of the whole Gospel, the words of the precursor take on a meaning that goes beyond the immediate. When he spoke of God's wrath, John had no clear idea of how it would manifest. The wrath of God is an image that recurs often in the Old Testament. It is not intended as an explosion of hatred on the victim. Rather, it is an expression of God's love. He is fighting evil, not the person who does it. He does not want to condemn, but to free that person from sin. The axe, which cuts the tree at the root, has the same function as the scissors 
pruning the vine and freeing it from the useless branches that deprive it of precious sap and suffocate it. The trees uprooted and thrown into the fire are not the people that God always loves as children, but the roots of evil that are present in every person and in every structure. They need to be cut to pieces so that the healthy ones can sprout more buds. These cuts are always painful, but those done by God are providential. They create the conditions for new branches to sprout and to bear fruit. Finally, the fan, with which the Lord realizes His judgment, is a living image. It describes the way in which God screens the work of every person. In human courts, judges take into account only the errors and pronounce judgment on the basis of the harm done. They take little account of good works. In the judgment of God, the exact opposite happens. He, with his winnowing fan of his word, puts every person under the discerning breath of his spirit that blows away the chaff and leaves only the precious grains on the threshing floor. The works of love, no matter how great or how small, that each one of us has performed.